Hey guys, it's Ed, and I'm coming to you live from quarantine here in Detroit in our makeshift junk gossip studios. And today we're going to do a deep dive into some of the exclusives that I've been bringing you lately. Um, most of these will revolve around ABC Daytime, um, All My Children, One Life Live, The View. Um, I'm hearing a little bit about um, Tamarin Hall now. Uh, not much, but a little bit. Um, so I'm going to try to bring you what I know about that um, in this episode. Uh, what I will promise you is all of this is 100% factual. My source has given me permission to talk about this and reveal some other big news for you. <clears throat> so here we're going to go ahead and get started. And we're going to talk about All My Children and One Life to Live first. Uh, as the mainstream media has finally picked up on, Susan Lucci is in negotiations to reprise her role as Erica Kane. One of the biggest sticking points right now in getting her to sign on is the fact that she wants to be a producer. She feels that after she portrayed the character for 40-odd years... She has earned the right to have some authority over the show. And she also feels as though she has earned her place among those top-tiered stars who are given this. Um, Sarah Jessica Parker was an executive producer of Sex and the City um, and actually owns a part of the show. Um, Susan Lee wants that for herself. ABC Disney is not actually opposed to this. They're just trying to figure out right now how big of a role, how big of a producer's role Susan Lucci will actually have. Uh, she wants to be a little bit more hands-on than I think what they want. They have a very specific vision for the show. Uh, and I think they're trying to work on making sure that that vision is upheld. She, Susan Lucci also is not a big fan of the show's going to streaming. She thinks that they should go to a, um, either a broadcast network, ABC uh, particularly, or a cable network. Honestly, at this point, there's no cable network. Uh, you could argue Lifetime, um, but there's really no cable network where these shows would actually fit. Um, some have suggested Bravo, um, and they suggested Bravo uh, in the past. That's not very likely since it's owned by NBC Universal, and NBC Universal is out of the soap business, um, with the exception of Days of Our Lives. The source revealed to me that they're really trying to convince um, Susan Lucci to give streaming a chance, especially since most of the people will be that consume the soaps will be using um, the streaming services like Hulu to watch. And I think they're making headway uh, before the coronavirus kind of put a damper on things, it seemed as though progress was being made almost daily. 
Uh, so given that, I have no doubt that um, a contract will be signed once this crisis is over. As for where the shows will end up, my source is um, telling me right now, everybody, all the executives in charge, are leaning very heavily towards a um, a combination of Hulu and ABC. <clears throat> what this would mean is... ABC would debut the episodes, and they would immediately be available within hours after um, their debut on ABC. The biggest sticking point to this is, of course, what is the incentive for ABC to actually have the shows if they're going to be debuting right afterwards and especially since they seem to have found a combination that's sort of working except for it's not really um and we're gonna get into this a little bit later in the show but Strahan Kiki excuse me Strahan Sarah and Kiki um the ratings are not where they wanted to be despite what producers and what people are saying there's a lot of hang- hand-wringing right now, according to my source, over that. But we're going to get to that in just a little bit. I, right now, need to take a break. And I'll be right back. And I'm back. And I'm going to go ahead and talk a little bit about General Hospital at this point. My source doesn't have much information on it, unfortunately. But I figured it was a good segue. Um, what we do know right now is... Everyone is very happy with the ratings performance, um, while other soaps are losing audience and rating points, General Hospital has actually been able to maintain their levels from last year thus far. And in digital um, playback, General Hospital actually surges. And this is a, this is a good thing, at least according to my source because ABC Disney is no longer looking at people who are watching um, they're not no longer looking at the daily ratings um, they're looking more at the live plus three day playback and live plus seven day playback which is something that all of the networks are actually doing at this point and if they had been doing this uh, back when all my children and one life to live were initially canceled my source said that they would never have canceled the shows. In fact, SoapNet would still be around because SoapNet was actually um, the number two cable network, according to her, in um, in the DVR playback, in um, with people not watching live. And my source also said that when when everything is all factored in. General Hospital is actually the number two show on ABC, just behind Grey's Anatomy. So that's something to actually consider um, when people are writing the the obituaries for the soaps. So, what are we what are we looking at? What are we um, 
what's going on with, with General Hospital. What I'm hearing is they're trying to lure a lot of All My Children stars and One Life to Live stars over there. Uh, they're having a lot of luck with the All My Children stars. Um, Michael E. Knight uh, joined the cast. Uh, right now, they're labeling it as a recurring slash guest starring role. But what, what uh, my source says is they're actually in negotiations to sign him to a contract with the network. Um, same thing with Rebecca Buttig. Um, who actually played a very big part on both All My Children and General Hospital. All My Children, of course, she was one of the main characters, Greenlee Smythe. Over on General Hospital, she played Hayden, who had um, connections to Finn, and was the sister of Elizabeth Weber, who is arguably one of the most veteran characters and actresses um, still around. And speaking of Liz Weber, Elizabeth Weber, her actress, um, I, we're going to stick with what I was already talking about. <laughs> this is why Will wants me to have production notes, people. I know it. You know it. But we don't care. Um, uh, the actress, Rebecca Hurst, is expected to sign another contract within the next six months. Um, they just started negotiations. That's what I was going to say. Um, back to them trying to lure all my children cast members. I'm hearing that Katie McLean has been reached out to. Uh, they have a role for her in mind. And they ha they actually had wanted to try to lure her in for the role of Nina when Michelle Stafford left to go over to... Uh, good to go back to the Young and the Restless. Uh, they also had reached out to Gina Tignani because they wanted to do kind of a a role switch where Michelle Stafford would re reprise the role of Phyllis over on Young and the Restless and Gina would take over the role of Nina. Um, Gina was not interested in having another of Michelle's roles under her belt and so she passed. I'm hearing they're still reaching out to Gina. Um, thus far, they've not had very much luck in securing her. But give it time. These things generally happen slowly. Um, as far as Katie McLean, I don't know exactly what happened. I think there was maybe a scheduling conflict. But I'm hearing that um, both sides are, according to my source, both sides are very, very excited about the possibilities and the possibility of um, Katie, Katie, whatever, reprising her role as uh, Dixie Martin on All My Children. She, she really wants to do it. Um, and I'm hearing she could show up as the wife of uh, Michael E. Knight's General Hospital character, um, even if just for a little while, um, and to see if the ratings actually do spike. I'm going to, of course, stay on top of this, but as we take a deep breath, we're going to head into other parts of ABC Daytime other than the soaps. <laughs> so I'm going to take a break, and I'll be right back. And I'm back. And... Uh, 
we're going to talk about Tamarin Hall. Okay, so a little bit about Tamarin Hall. Uh, she was one of the hosts of the Today Show um, just before Megan Kelly signed her contract, or just after. And basically what happened was Megan Kelly forced her way into the hour because she wanted... She thought she would be a good morning television personality, and at the time, she didn't want to cover politics. Now, I totally understand not wanting to cover politics. That's why I leave it to Will. Um, Will does a, so much better of a job than I do covering politics. Uh, he's very level-headed, and frankly, I think I drop one too many F-bombs when I cover politics. So, um, we will leave that to Will, and you guys seem to prefer him to me. Uh, anyways, um, but that being said, you know, she did force her way into a position where she was not qualified. One of the casualties of her forcing her way into a position to which she wasn't qualified was uh, Tamron Hall. Tamron Hall left NBC shortly after she was axed. Now, um, she had been offered to stay with the Today Show just in a lesser capacity, and she said, fuck you, no, not going to do it. ABC quickly swooped in, offered her one talk show, and they got to working on it. And it debuted this fall along with the Kelly Clarkson show. Both were breakout hits. Um, among the, the new talkers. Um, Kelly Clarkson is, of course, higher rated. Uh, many people chalk that up to her having a bigger name and a platform with the voice and being the first American Idol and a, a, multiple, uh, a multiple Grammy winner um, selling a, a multi-platinum selling artist. Uh, and... They really, NBC Universal really went out of their way to make the show a hit um, with splashy, a splashy advertising campaign. Um, Tamlin Hall has done very respectably. Um, she also got a big advertising campaign, maybe not quite as splashy, and maybe not quite as fun as Kelly Clarkson, but you know she did very well. Uh, the biggest. The biggest thing with Tamron Hall is there's already been um, a change in the showrunner, which usually signifies a change in the tone of the show. No one's quite sure why they're trying to change the tone of the show, um, if there's a problem or if someone was complaining or if there's there was just um, something that wasn't quite working between the talent and the producer. Um, my source said that um, Tamron Hall is very easy to get along with. She's a very sweet woman. So she doesn't believe that it was anything nefarious like that. Um, she thinks that maybe it was just a general um, a general need at this point. But what, I, what, we, what she is telling me is that uh, the executives are, even though they've renewed the show for a second season, they are very concerned 
that the ratings won't hold up. Um, that's part of the reason why they're having the show go back uh, as early as they are. So, as you know, most shows shut down because, well, frankly, um, the coronavirus, um, people were worried about spreading it and whatnot. Uh, now networks are starting to ease their talk shows back in. Uh, a lot of hosts are doing at-home versions of their show. And that's what I'm hearing is going to happen with Tamron Hall. She wants, she wanted to be back on there. She wants to keep the ratings momentum going. And one of the ways she agreed that it could be done is if her show was um, in originals while the rest are in repeats. Uh, and I'm going to guess that this might have something to do with um, sweeps being just right around the corner. Um, I know it sounds a little crazy, but even my source agreed that she thinks that um, for those of you who don't know, Sweeps is when advertising rates are set. And she is very convinced that the reason why a lot of the shows, even The View, are still in originals is so they don't, um, they don't lose the ratings. And The View's ratings, according to her, she's not seen, the source has not seen the actual numbers, but she's heard that the, the, the source has heard that the ratings have gone up. And I'm going to take a break before I completely reveal who the source is. Um, Will is going to murder me. <laughs> I'm going to take a break. I'll be right back. And I'm back. So, this is... And this scoop has been percolating for a while. Um, but I finally got to go ahead from my source to start talking about it a little bit. Um, actually, all the restrictions were lifted, so I can really go in deep with you guys about what's going on. So, the you guys are already aware that there's a show called GMA3, Strahan, Sarah, and Kiki. We've talked about how... Um, Kiki Palmer was added in an effort to goose the ratings uh, because Strahan and Sarah was not doing very well at all. Here's the truth of the matter. The show is still not doing very well. Executives and uh, ABC executives will come out and say, oh, it's doing exactly what we wanted to. It's matching the numbers from the two. It's not. Uh, and it's not doing what they wanted to do. Uh, their hope had been to expand the GMA franchise, um, and this is something that they've been doing um, for a while, just after All My Children aired its last episode, they debuted Good, Good Afternoon America, um, and that flopped horribly, um, which led to the invention of The Chew. Um, the Chew did fairly, it did well enough. Um, it lasted seven years before itself getting the boot. Um, and then all of those hosts were actually kept under contract um, to ABC Disney 
because many thought that they were going to repitch the show um, to uh, like the Food Network or even launch it on a streaming service. That didn't happen, of course, and I believe they've all been released at this point. With with the debut of uh, initially GMA, Strahan, and Sarah, the hope was to capitalize on audiences from Good Morning America, which Michael Strahan was supposed to bring in the audience, and the popularity of Sarah King from The View, and they thought that these two would make a killer combination. They also were hoping to launch a show to compete, not to compete with, um, but to kind of take away some of Kelly Ripa's power. Um, yes, Kelly Ripa has a lot of power. People don't realize this about her. She actually has a lot of power over um, uh, as producer and main host of Live with Kelly and Ryan. Um, and we're gonna get we're gonna go into deep detail probably next week. I'm gonna um, talk with Will about it, but I think the deep dive next week will be Kelly Ripa and what's going on over there. But anyways, so that didn't work. But then noticed that when Katie Palmer would guest co-host, ratings would slide up a little bit. So they added her permanently as a co-host. And the show is still just tanking in the ratings. And as my source pointed out, if the show was doing so well in the ratings, they wouldn't have pulled it off the air and done this coronavirus uh, special that they're doing. Um, if they were actually very pleased with the ratings, uh, it would be Strahan and Sarah and Kiki. Uh, you know, they may they may have still done the coronavirus, but it would have been under the umbrella of that show and not its own topic, not its own show. Uh, they pulled resources and they pulled producers, and I've heard this from several people, um, several of my sources. Um, they have pulled from everywhere to get the show up and running and to make sure that there is always uh, someone or always a producer willing to work. Uh, I, what I'm hearing is Sarah Haynes is likely to go back to The View. Um, and again, this is the evidence here is she's been the guest co-host for almost two weeks now, maybe three. Um, Michael Strahan is like is most definitely going to be staying on GMA and Kiki Palmer either will be offered a potentially offered a position over on The View she might be offered her own talk show or she could just be released from contract altogether uh, my source doesn't think that she wants her own talk show and she doesn't believe that she's a good fit for The View according to my source so Keith Homer is likely to be leaving um, that section that being said, nothing is set in stone yet. And with the coronavirus um, paralyzing Hollywood and productions, it could be a little while before we see them actually pull the plug on the show. If they do, uh, if they do it 
within the next few weeks. Um, it would be a big surprise, and it would. My source believes that if they do it within the next few weeks, that means that the soaps are definitely coming back. Uh, what what she think? What my source thinks is going to happen is, um, I I don't know if you guys remember, but Port Charles actually did like tiny little novella story telenovela stories. My source believes that that's the sort of thing that's going to be happening here. Uh, is that like all my children could open up with this story, like a storyline revolving around a wedding, um, just to give them some time to have the series written, and then um, one life to live might come in with like a murder mystery, and um, t- you know these stories would be tied up. But it would give ABC just enough time to get more episodes of the shows lined up and ready to go. Uh, as soon as I hear more from my source about when the cancellation is coming and what's happening to each of the hosts, I will let you know. But for right now, I'm going to take a break and I'll be right back. And I'm back. And... I was kind of flipping a coin to see what I was going to talk about. <laughs> um, but we're going to go ahead and we're going to talk about Joy Behar and Whoopi Goldberg. Yes, The View. Um, the View is going to take up two segments of this deep dive. Mostly because I get a lot of information about it. Like every day I get new information. It, or I was getting new information about it. Um, for for a while. So, most people know that Joy Behar went into self-isolation. Uh, some people believe that this is a negotiation tactic for her. They wanted her, that she wanted producers and executives to see how important she was to the show. That's also why she's only come out of isolation once thus far to, um, appear on the show via remote satellite like Whoopi Goldberg. Um, my source doesn't believe that this is a tactic that's going to go well for her, uh, seeing as the ratings have actually nudged up during this coronavirus uh, epidemic. And she, the source believes that Joy may actually be turning the tide against her. Everyone wanted her to sign on um, and continue her moderating duties um, when Whoopi is off. And there was actually talk of her possibly succeeding Whoopi as moderator, since she does have the longest tenure of any host in the show's history. Uh, But with Sonny Houston, sitting in the moderator's seat while uh, Whoopi is self-isolating, things have been a lot more productive. So they're they're evaluating whether or not Joy is actually essential to the show's success. And I don't believe that she is. As far as Whoopi, she is the longest. Um, she will always serve 
not always, but at this point in time, she serves as the longest um, sitting moderator. And that is something that the show is taking into consideration. Ratings have always fluctuated with her um, in that seat. But generally, she's she's very well received by the critics. The show finally won Emmys. And you don't really give up an EGOT like, like Whoopi Goldberg very easily. However, people are saying that Whoopi is saying uh, hers quarantine is making her really think that maybe going to the city every day isn't something that she wants to continue to do and is actually once again considering leaving. My source says she had already been speaking very freely of leaving at the end of the year, at the end of the season in August, but she wasn't going to make a public declaration like she did on the Wendy Williams show until she knew everything was finalized. Uh, our people are encouraging her to take a step back and think about what leaving would actually mean and if that's what she actually wants to do. They're not trying to convince her to stay. They just want her make sure that she wants to leave because according to my source um if Whoopi Goldberg leaves she's not going to be invited back uh, they feel like they made that mistake with Rosie and even though Whoopi is a lot less tumultuous and a lot less controversial than Rosie O'Donnell they don't want to send the wrong message that if you leave you can just automatically come back uh, in the, you know, we were just talking about Sarah Haynes coming back. They actually gave her the sh gave her another show. Um, and so that's why she would be allowed to go back. Uh, it's why you don't see, like, the Candace Cameron Brays or the Elizabeth Hasselbecks coming back as a permanent, um, as a permanent host. They'll sit in as a... Potentially as a co-host, or a guest host, rather, but they don't ever come back as a permanent host. As for who will replace Whoopi, um, I'm, my source did say that she hears Rosie's name is up there. They're not quite sure that they want to extend the invitation to her. Another name that is being bandied about is or another idea that's being bandied about as i mentioned earlier is joy behar being promoted to moderator and they want to bring in someone like a, not necessarily a big name um but someone like a kiki palmer um who as i mentioned in the last segment as well um she could be offered a potentially offered a place on the t on, at the table uh, Anna Navarro is someone I'm hearing that they would love um, to get as a permanent co-host. Um, right now, no offers, no offers, and nothing has been made official as of yet. And it's not even 
no one's actually even sure uh, what's going to happen. The show will obviously continue to go on. It's the crown jewel in the ABC daytime crown. But there, there are a lot of what ifs and whatnot. Uh, and one of those big what ifs is what if they got rid of Megan McCain? As I leave you with that, I want that to stew in your brain for a second. So I'm going to take a break and I'll be right back. And I'm back. All right. So this is our last segment. And I know you guys are saying, thank Jesus. But don't say it to me. <laughs> no, I, I love you guys. Uh, but I left you with the question, what if they fired Megan McCain? Here is what my source is telling me as of right now. It's very likely to happen. Um, they're, what they're hoping is to ease her out. Um, that's why she is now self-quarantining. Uh, and they don't want to outright fire her while she's pregnant. But what they're thinking is they can find a potential new host while she's on maternity leave and potentially um, show her the door shortly after that. And the, according to my source, the best case scenario for ABC Daytime and, and the executives is that Megan decides that she wants to um, not return to the show at all. Uh, they would gladly let her out of her contract. So, and I've been asked this a lot. You know, she gets the headlines, which is a very important thing for um, for a show like The View. Why would the why would they want Megan McCain out? Frankly, she's a terror behind the scenes. She is a bitch to everyone that comes in contact with her. Uh, my source told me a story where it was during, it was just after a very heated debate about abortion and what she calls infanticide. And she said Democrats, you know, are all for it. And when she was, when someone countered, I think it was Whoopi, countered that she was wrong and she was actually putting words in people's mouths and whatnot, she got really pissed off and it didn't want to be contradicted like that. So, after the segment was over, she was ranting and raving that Whoopi needed to, re needed to respect her, Whoopi needed to shut her fat mouth, and these are exact quotes, according to my source. Um, one of the producers tried to approach her to talk her down to get her back, and she bit his head off, telling him to go fuck himself, that she didn't need to be calmed down, that People needed to respect her. Uh, she was a senator's daughter. And uh, Joy, who, um, believe it or not, doesn't actually care for Megan McCain. Um, I know. She sounds like such a lovely lady. Who wouldn't love her? Um, but, you know, Joy was like, listen, I've been on the show for, for more than 20 years. You need to calm your shit down. 
this is not okay. You're, you know, you don't talk to producers like that. You don't talk about the moderator like that. You don't talk about any of your co-hosts like that. If this hit the tabloids, you're toast. Unfortunately for her, it did hit the tabloids, which started the strong drum of her leaving rumors. And I've been told that this is not the first time that they've tried to get rid of her. They just haven't been able to make anything stick. What I mean by that is, while her behavior on and off camera is unacceptable, nothing in her contract forbids her from acting like an overgrown infant. Um, And even her tirades against the producers are not considered a fireable offense. Uh, she's been taken to HR, uh, and my sor- according to my source, she has been written up. She has, um, she, one of the ways she kind of got out of being fired was last fall letting them know she was with child, um, and then unfortunately, we all know she miscarried. Nobody believes she lied. Um, I just need to make that clear. Nobody thinks she made it up. Nobody. uh, But that was one of the reasons why they had to hold off and pump the brakes on letting her go. Because you don't. uh, Legally, you can't. And morally, you shouldn't fire a woman. Now, some people, some skeptics are saying, well, they could have just let her go. And, you know, just said it was very unfortunate timing. That might be true, and it, it definitely was unfortunate timing. However, uh, sometimes you have to look at the per- how the public will perceive what you're doing. And the perception here would have been that you fired a pregnant woman. And that's not a good look, especially for a show created by one for women. Uh, so... So she was given some, uh, she was given a reprieve, basically. Um, with this pregnancy, uh, she will, she's also been given a, a reprieve somewhat. But it, it's not likely to last. Um, like I said, producers are working on our alternatives right now. Uh, one rumor uh, that my source kind of verified was ABC was really interested in bringing in Megan McCain, or Megan Kelly, rather, sorry, um, as her replacement. Now, this would have really got her good because she doesn't like Megan Kelly. Uh, but Megan Kelly still believes that she's worth a lot of money, even more than Whoopi Goldberg and any other moderator in the show's history. And ABC ABC News is not willing to pay that much for talent that's already been proven to be unreliable at best. Um, so again, um, Anna Navarro is definitely in the running for a permanent co-host seat. Um, and in fact... A lot of people expected her to be announced as the one to replace Abby Huntsman, 
who left because of her feud with McCain. That's not likely with Sarah Haynes expected to be returning. Uh, and nobody actually expects Anna Navarro to replace Megan McCain. Uh, she, nobody believes she's far enough to the right to satisfy um, the, conserv- the conservatives who watch the show. Um, it was the same problem with uh, Jed Byla. Um, I don't know if you guys remember, but Jed was actually let go because she wasn't conservative enough. Uh, Megan McCain seems to strike the right chord between being conservative enough and being rational despite spouting Fox News uh, talking points all the time. Um, as far as who else could potentially replace her, um, there are several women who are up, um, who are who are being bandied about. None of them have expressed an interest, so it's going to be interesting to see um, who they come up with. I'm hearing um, Christian Carlson could theoretically be interested, but she wants to see what the offer is before she signs on the dotted line. I will, of course, keep you updated on this story um, as I learn more. We, in, as someone said that I sounded very fake when I said this last time, it's not fake. Will and I really, truly do. Um, appreciate you guys listening, and we also want you guys to be well, so please stay well out there, and thank you for listening. Until next time, cheers.